Less than 24 hours, Georgians will be under a shelter-in-place order. McDonald, though, said he did not know the man was handcuffed and was trying to use his foot to pin him to the ground so he could be handcuffed. If your friends, neighbors, or local organizations are not complying, report them to us. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Free Georgia Podcast. My name is Jake Green. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm going to get all the housekeeping stuff out of the way at the beginning of these shows now, and then maybe touch on them again at the end. But if you enjoy this show, if you get any type of insight, knowledge, entertainment, any of that, anything that's valuable to you, please subscribe on whatever platform that you listen to or watch this podcast and definitely, definitely leave us reviews and comments because that's what drives engagement. That's what gets more people involved. That's what puts us in the algorithm. And that's really what we need in order to spread these messages wide and far. So this month we're focusing on education. Today we're having our candidate for Lieutenant Governor join us and we're going to talk about his campaign and we're really going to f- try to focus on school choice. And now joining us is Mr. Ryan Graham, used to be the chair of LP Georgia, is now candidate for lieutenant governor. Ryan, hey, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Um, it's education month here at uh, LP Georgia, and <laughs> I am far beyond my years of public education or college or anything like that. I have no kids to have to deal with any of that. And so I'm not exactly the right one to speak to all these issues. Um, but I understand it's one of the principal things in your campaign. Yeah. So, um, I, you know, m- my number one platform plank is educational freedom. Um, and I like to say that instead of school choice, um, because I think school choice is just like a brick in that road, right? I mean, it's just like one step on the path. Uh, and, and it really depends on how it's implemented um, for whether or not it actually gets us further or not, because people call different things school choice. Uh, and if it actually, uh, if, it, if it really limits our choices, you know, is it school choice? And we can talk about that a little bit more. Uh, I don't know what, you, what the schedule looks like for you, but um, <laughs> my big thing is making sure that we get politicians and bureaucrats out of the classroom and leave our education up to students, teachers, and parents. And I like to say in that order too, right? Students should be really driving their own education, in my opinion. Um, and I think that they usually have better outcomes when they're allowed to do that uh, and when they're not limited by, you know, state regulations. I got you. Um, so, like, as lieutenant governor, how, like, what would be your step one um, to start implementing that road? Yeah. So, I mean, lieutenant governor generally, I mean, they don't generally get a vote or anything. Um, they are more of a leader of the Senate. They're, they're technically the president of the Senate um, as per the Constitution. Um, but the thing is, is they've got all these rules in the Senate that get adjusted per session. And um, chances are, if a Democrat or a Libertarian won and there was a Republican uh, majority in the Senate, they would just um, take all the power away from the lieutenant governor. So what I would anticipate uh, my role would be would be finding those um, senators who are willing to sponsor bills um, and using the position as a bully pulpit to, to make sure that different things happen. Um, and so taking my time to make sure I could find those champions within the Senate and then giving them the ability to, to really stand up and push something good through 
um, that would be my role as lieutenant governor. So um, gotcha. bully pulpit, you know, preaching. <laughs> gotcha. Um, do you know of any any people currently in the Senate who would be amenable to this kind of idea? You know, it's 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 been a mixed bag. Um, and so some of them really like the idea of school choice, but what they end up putting through is less than desirable, uh, I'll say. Hmm. Um, and so, you know, you get you get these guys and, and it's really hard for me to tell if they are, you know, really for school choice or if they're kind of right trying to ride a wave or, or what they're doing. Um, but we had H, it was a it was a house bill actually HB nine 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 last year that didn't end up passing. Um, it actually didn't end up passing because uh, the speaker Ralston got really offended by some outside uh, lobbying. They sent out a mailer saying if you don't if you don't like school choice you're you're standing with Pelosi right. I mean it was a real simple kind of stupid rhetoric, okay. um, but basically he he got all offended by that and said oh you're saying we're standing with Pelosi. I'm like, well no not if you support school choice. Um, <laughs> um, but he <laughs> like, there's the there's a thing. solution here. <laughs> yeah exactly. But he you know he he actually very publicly said this is this is the reason we're we're not going to support it is because this these mailers came from out of the state. Um, and it's like, well, me as a Georgian, I support this. So what about me? You know, you're going to pull it because of these these clowns over here. And I and I agree. It was it was not the best mailer. It was kind of a waste of money. But um, who cares what those out of staters think? You should care what I think. I live yeah, here. Wh- <laughs> what what the heck does that have to do with anything? Like, I, I your your pride got hurt a little bit, and so you like destroy a bill. <laughs> yeah. Well, Ralston's, uh, you know, his track record's not, not amazing. Uh, people, people know a, a lot about him and he's, uh, he's just, I don't know. He's a go along to get along guy. He's, he was a, he's an old school Dixiecrat, you know I mean? He, that's, you. that's his, his thing. He's been around for a long time and he, he doesn't care about big government. Uh, and he likes to flex his muscles. So I see. I see. <laughs> um, just for people who don't know, uh, like what are like more of the responsibilities of, of the Lieutenant governor? Yeah. So it's like what I said, the, in the constitution, it's basically laid out that, you know, you're back up for the governor. If the governor um, becomes indisposed for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would act as governor if they were incapacitated. So if something happened to Shane, God forbid, I would, you know, step in and, and take his place. Um, and then they are also the president of the Senate, which again, uh, all those rules are not really actually laid out in the constitution. It just says you're the president of the Senate and that's that. Mm -hmm. And then the Senate gets to really decide what that means. (laughs) So, (laughs) so I would preside, but, uh, you know, like I said, they would probably pull any real power out of the position as soon as I was in it. Um, and that backup mm-hmm. would end up being what it is. The, the, and, and the bully pulpit is really what it's all about. I would get media, I'd get, I'd get to talk about all the issues I want. And then I would also get, um, time to talk to the senators about, you know, what we want to accomplish. Um, if they don't pull the teeth, right. If they're not, if they don't take all the power away, um, I would have the ability to like appoint committee chairs and stuff. Um, so, you know, that's a really powerful place where you can say, look, look on criminal justice, I'm going to put maybe this Democrat in, in, in place because they're a little bit better on criminal justice. At least they say they are. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I can, you know, whip them on that and say, you know, this is what I kind of expect out of, out of the chair of something with criminal justice. And then, you know, I might put a Republican in charge of something more to do with economics and then sort of whip them on that too, and make sure that they stand by the things that they say. Um, and so those are things that could happen again, highly doubtful. 
Um, but I, I'd love to put them in that position to take that power from me anyway, because they'd have to explain it. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Yeah, I would imagine a lot of people don't know what the lieutenant governor, because I had to talk to I talked to Martin Cowan a few weeks ago. Um, yeah. I imagine people don't know what that position does. Attorney general, secretary of state. Like, I just think most people don't know exactly what these roles do. Yeah, you know, no, four just... years ago, I ran for public service commission and man most of my campaign was just like teaching people what a public service commissioner was because no one no one knows but it's it's so funny because they like literally dictate they, they dictate like how power is generated in georgia mm -hmm. how it's distributed and how much it's going to cost like it's a central planning committee it, it's straight out of soviet russia it's terrible like <laughs> i mean it's crazy and what, what wasn't that race just canceled Yes, yes, yeah. They, it's, um, it's, it's. Uh, I guess they decided that because no black candidate had won in however long, it, uh -huh. that that black people's vote were being was being like dispersed or oppressed or something, watered yeah. down. I don't know the word they used, but uh, they basically said the proof is here, and we're gonna cancel it until you guys can figure out what it is. So the funny thing is, is I I actually fully agree that it should be districted. I don't necessarily agree with that reasoning. Um, it's it's pretty silly that you qualify. So so to qualify for that position, yeah. you have to live in the district, and then right. everyone in the state gets to vote. Um, so I'm you know like like that doesn't make any sense, and and it, it should change. And I had talked about lobbying for that, but that's a lot of work for something that doesn't matter a ton. Uh, I so I decided you. against it, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm you know, it, they, so then they just flat out canceled it now. So I'm like, okay, well, and then, so there's, there's long-term ramifications for the libertarian party of Georgia on that actually, yeah. because in two, so to maintain our ballot access for statewide candidates, uh, every two years we have to have at least a single statewide candidate get it basically at least 2% of the vote. Is, is what it sort of the, the math's not exactly two percent but that's basically what it is um and so in 2024 we only have a public service commission and president um and so if if we lose the public service commission then our president has to has to get two percent of the vote and that does not generally happen yeah uh, so yeah we may we may lose our ballot access if we don't find a way to get a, a good turnout for our president in 2024 which our, our ballot access is already crap. So yep. that would that would just be a, like that would be a travesty. Like who knew you could just cancel elections? I mean, like can we cancel like can we cancel all the other ones too? Like is well, this just well, going to be a dictatorship? <laughs> well, and my thing is, is so based on that logic, like aren't we um, aren't all the statewide positions um, actually like watering down the black vote? Like technically, <laughs> wouldn't we right. be able to apply that same thing to all these other positions? Yeah. I mean, I would think we would. I don't, yeah, I just I don't understand how how they come to the conclusion of, well, we're going to say it's racist. So let's just go ahead and cancel the whole thing. Yeah, like, that's mind blowing. And like like you said, like it has it has ramifications that maybe maybe those are the ramifications they intended for us to have even less much thought. access. <laughs> fair. I doubt fair. the game is very much thought. <laughs> OK, that, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. No, um, and, 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 you know, um the. The lawyer that's involved in that case is actually mm -hmm. our lawyer for ballot access. Um, it's the same guy. Um, mm -hmm. And so, it, you know, he's not out there trying to screw us over. We've had conversations about it. Um, so mm -hmm. I know that, the, you know, the I think their heart's in the right place. I, I just think they're wrong. And then also the, the law is just really, really, it's a really bad law. I mean, 
Mm. It's not their fault. It's a bad law. I mean, they're literally trying to help us too. So true. It it also kind of sounds like their heart should be in a different place, even if it is in the right place. <laughs> well, in PSC, I'm like, good luck getting anybody to care about PSC, even even through this. I mean, yeah, I, you know, yeah. I I had no idea what that position was, even at convention, and someone yeah. was trying to get me to run for it, and like they had to explain it to me like six different times, and I finally understood what the heck they were saying. Yeah, it's it's real bad though. I mean, it is it is real bad. And then it's funny. So in the debate, um, I was tying. So if you if you regulate an industry, people from that industry cannot donate to your campaign. It makes sense, right? You can't have, like Georgia Power can't donate to a public service commission campaign, right? Um, but what ends up happening, as with any rule, people find their way around it, and so you you could find one degree of separation from these organizations that are regulated. And my incumbent opponent got like it was something crazy, like 85% of his donations were from people with like one degree away. And so it was like the, the lawyer firm that represented Georgia power, every individual lawyer, their wives, their kids, they were all like max donors. Mm -hmm. And so I asked him in the debate about that. Um, and he just said, Oh, well that's, a, you know, you're, you're sourcing like a liberal news source. And so it can't be trusted. And I'm like, Oh yeah, but I double checked it. Like the data is still the data. Yeah. So, um, and then, and then he turned around and, and so for people who don't know the format of the debates for the Atlanta um, press club is everyone gets to pick a candidate and ask a single question of them. So my mm -hmm. question was to him, his question was to me. And uh, so the Democrat got left out there, but he asked me why I wanted to abolish public schools and why I wanted to legalize heroin. <laughs> what? What? I know. It threw me for such a loop. I was already so nervous, too. I was like so nervous. And then he asked me that. And I'm like, just out of oh, nowhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, prepared. no, that like completely caught off guard. <laughs> right. Such a weird question to ask in that scenario. <laughs> well, and I and I, I, I totally, you know, I. I I, I talked about legalizing heroin, which, you know, talking about how it should be a health concern. We shouldn't be throwing people in jail over it, obviously. Mm -hmm. obviously. Um, but but with abolishing public schools, you know, I, I'm not actually necessarily on track to do that. Right. Like I'm I don't like public education. I don't think it's very good. I think they should have to compete in the market. Mm -hmm. And if they are not able to compete in the market, they should close down. Um, I think they will close down um, mm -hmm. and, and everything will get better. If I'm wrong, it just means that they got better, and you know it's a win-win for everybody, in my opinion. If they get better uh, and are able to compete with private choices, um, that's good. That's a net gain for everybody. And if they fail and have to close down, that's also good and a net gain for everybody because they failed. Yeah, I, I would say the more the more things fail in government, usually the more money is thrown at them. Um, so yeah, they that might succeed. Yeah, I mean that's the problem. They they don't have to compete with dollars because they're getting a free flow of dollars no matter what, and that is the problematic nature um, of yeah. public goods. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. Um, talking about educational freedom, like what, what like so we talked about school choice a little bit. What like you you wanted to differentiate between those two? Like what exactly? Yeah. Yeah. I think the best way to do it is to, um, so I, I actually wrote an article on lpgeorgia.com that was uh, called Educational Freedom Versus School Choice, and it broke mm -hmm. down um, that bill we talked I, I talked about earlier, uh, HB 999 from last year. 
Um, and basically it, it said all these, you know, it's, it's good. It said, you know, here's $6,000 for you if you want to go to some alternative education choice besides public. Um, but it had all these strings, right, as, as they do, right? It was a longer bill than just here's $6,000 $6, if you so choose to use it. Um, and so part of the problem was um, it only applied to certain students, right? So you had, um, you had to have been enrolled in public school already for at least six weeks in a single year prior to enrolling in a qualified school. Um, which means like you, you couldn't already have had one of these alternative choices when the bill gets passed. Otherwise, like if you were already looking for other options or already in other options, you didn't qualify. Uh, it right. was only public students, public school students looking to get out of it, not public schools, not private school students who are already or homeschool students who are already out of the system. Okay. Like, well, thanks a lot, jerks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what the heck? So my kid wouldn't have qualified. Right. <laughs> um. So the other thing that they did is they made the parents, uh, they would it would have made parents sign an agreement promising that any curriculum that was taught had reading, grammar, mathematics, social studies, and science, which it's like, well, okay, now, now you're getting rid of the choice part of it, right? Because you're making it, you're conforming it to what public school is. Now you're saying, you know, you have a choice except for it's, you know, this brand of white bread or this brand of white bread. Right. Yeah, you're basically um, just going from one thing to the next. Like, yeah, I think the metaphor I use is you can go to a burger joint, but if you look at the menu, all you got is burgers, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. exactly. <laughs> um, so the other thing, oh, and then they had qualified student expenses. So basically they would, they would dictate these are what students should be spending money on um, as, as qualified. And so they'd have a list of things that were like, here's what students should have which is just like completely repressive to innovation. The whole thing is like repressive to innovation and says like, you know, you're going to teach exactly the way that we expect you to, the politicians, mm -hmm. not the educators. Right. Um, and if you don't, then you're not going to get access to this money, which is, I mean, it's just insanity to me. Yeah. Like wh where's the choice in that? Like, I don't understand how they would consider that a school choice bill. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then, and so that was on the student side. Uh, and the and the parent side, really. On the school side, um, they had to submit uh, financial reports that demonstrated financial soundness um, as determined by a committee that gets created. So they're actually increasing the size and scope of government with this by creating a committee that would take in all this information and decide, um, give an opinion on whether or not they're financially sound or not, which also can be pretty problematic if you know, maybe you got a Karen on there and you pissed her off. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, all of a sudden you're a no vote, right? Mm -hmm. Who cares about the kids? Um, and then <laughs> uh, no new schools. They had to have been in operation for over a year already. So you couldn't have seen this bill and said, you know what? I really want to teach now that I, now that I think that there's more, um, more of a market for this and I want to teach, I can't get into it unless I invest a year of potential losses before I can even access, you know, mm -hmm. this uh, education money. Um, so then there was, uh, health and safety laws and codes. Um, I mean, I think that makes sense. Uh, that's not too crazy. Um, and then they had only employing teachers who have bachelor's degree or higher, or at least three years experience in education. So they're saying you have to go through the system first. <laughs> you know, again, killing innovation, right? Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy I, I would even push back a little bit on the health and safety bit like i mean if if they have control over that then they're going to be mandating 
vaccines and crap like that. Like they could. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. I, they could I, say I, they could I, do that. I I wouldn't give that a pass either. That's crazy. Yep. Yep. I mean, yeah, it's crazy. And then they also added some um some standardized testing language in there. Mm. Uh that basically said, you know, you we're not going to qualify your your school if you don't have these standardized tests. Again, making it so that it's not actually a choice because they have to teach to the standardized test and now yep. everyone's getting the same education anyway. So what the heck is the point? May as well send them to public education. <laughs> Seriously. Like that just seems like they completely mutilated what the bill was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, is there so more? There, then, there's, there's this other piece, right? So this is where it got really rich because this doesn't actually mean anything. Uh-huh. Um, there's one line in the bill that said, and I'm going to read it. And it might get a little wordy. So if you have to ask questions, please do. Okay. But the creation of the program or the granting of an account pursuant to this chapter shall not be construed to imply that a public school did not provide a free and appropriate public education for a student or constituent or, or constitute a waiver or admission by the state. So the, basically they're like, if you take advantage of this, it's not because public school sucks. And we're going to put that into law. What? <laughs> so so now, now they're like outlawing opinions. Yeah. So by law, it's not because public school sucks. <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah. that, that's like straight out of like Animal Farm. Yep. Definitely. What, the he- what a stupid thing to put. <laughs> I know. What, I'm like, I, they, oh they must have, like, some, some, like, teachers' union or something must have, like, requested that verbiage or something. You know, like, it's just so weird. <laughs> that is so weird. Like, I just don't even understand how that would be put into law. Like, what, what <laughs> what's the penalty for that? So, yeah, like, and if you went to court and you, and you tried to, like, say on the stand well i brought i took my kid to this other alternative because public education uh what i i should say uh the public school that i would have gone to did not provide a free and appropriate public education for my student what what would they do what would i have broken the law if i said that (laughs) yeah and like so yeah what would like the punishment for any of this have been like, yeah, I, yeah, that I, I that I don't know. I mean, the rest of all that other stuff is you just wouldn't be eligible to the six thousand dollars right. that's being made available to your students. So you wouldn't have been punished you. or anything, and they just wouldn't have given you the money. Right. Um. But it's still. I mean, it, you know. I mean, I. So my kid goes to um. People that listen to this might know what this is, but we we take her to a facility that is considered an unschool. Um, and it's all self-directed education. My kid, um, she goes to school every day and she talks to facilitators um, who are her friends. And they they basically ask her what she wants to learn about and then they facilitate that learning. So if she's like, just watch something on TV over the weekend that had to do with like dolphins or space. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, she'll go to school and say, you know, this week I really want to learn about space or dolphins or whatever, or space dolphins. Um, and they'll sit there and they'll go find materials. Like they'll find YouTube information. They'll find books. They'll, you know, talk about stuff. They'll go learn about it and then come back in and they'll do like an activity. Um, but they're letting it's, it's, it's all like the student drives their own education. Um, and so things don't necessarily happen in standard orders. Um, you know, kids learn how to read because they're around words Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what Mm -hmm. i mean like yeah um like 
kids learn how to read. Um, so it's, it's not, that's not, you don't have to like put that on them. And then like someday my daughter might go in there and be like, um, you know, I really want to practice reading. Uh, and then the, the facilitator will help her work on that and she'll do better at it because she wanted it. She didn't, she wasn't like forced to sit at a desk, learn mm-hmm. how to read before she was ready, before she even wanted to. And then like learned how to hate school because um, that's we all learned to hate school because uh, we were forced yes. to do things we didn't want. Right. And we learned about the mitochondria and whatever that we never, never use ever. Uh, <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, but but the thing is, is this type of schooling, um, it's it's radical, right? It's 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 completely radical. It's completely innovative, oh. and it would not qualify under this bill <laughs> under any circumstances. Um, <laughs> they in fact yeah. do not qualify for many grants because grants require different standardized testing and stuff, and they're just like right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so many problems with standardized test standardized testing, but. I mean, I remember, so I, I grew up um, going to private school and then my family moved to Virginia where we homeschooled for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Homeschooling was the best thing that ever happened to me. Like yeah. that, I mean, I loved my, my, my private school was great. Like I, I still, I, you know, I'm friends with five guys from since kindergarten. So like I, I made my best friends um, in, in private school, but man, homeschooling was amazing. I could do like i was i'm very good i was always very good at like testing and all that kind of stuff and like i'm terrible at doing my homework but i'm good at solving problems and testing and so like i could get through my day in two hours and then go play yeah like and and go play in the woods behind our house and explore and do all sorts of stuff the kids are supposed to do rather than sit behind a desk for seven hours and learn things that you're not ready to learn or you don't want to learn well, that's, I mean, to me, uh, you know, homework is, is just like such a control um, mechanism, you know, and it's, it's like, to me, I'm like, you mean, you, you mean you had my kid for seven to eight hours today and you couldn't teach them everything they needed. And now you need to take them away from family time to keep them in the same mindset. And, th- and they're going to hate that too. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually sent our, our, our daughter to, um, we, we tried like, kind of a charter school situation which is pretty close to public school in Mm -hmm. general she had to sit in a desk all day she had to learn whatever ask permission to get up and all that stuff she hated it a lot um (laughs) but she also brought home homework and um the very first day she brought home homework we told her um that it was up to her if she wanted to do it or not (laughs) that we we would support her regardless um and that she didn't have to do it if she didn't want to yeah (laughs) I, so. <laughs> I support that decision. I, homework is such a joke, man. I, like I never understood that why people had to do four hours worth of homework after going to school for eight hours. So. Yeah, it's control. It's all about control. So, it's. Yeah. I mean, it. Yeah, it's 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 bad news. And 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 they've actually done studies now. So if you want to, you know, hashtag follow the science. Um, homework is not good for education. So, interesting. <laughs> Stop doing interesting. it. <laughs> I, I had no idea that they'd done studies on stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Because, I mean, uh, you, you, what, what do you take? There's opportunity cost in that. So, like, should they work their multiplication tables at home or should they be getting some other kind of enrichment that they are not usually getting at school um, that's making them more of a whole human being, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> that's interesting. That's good to know that people are actually trying to explore that kind of stuff and figure out what's what's good for the kids. Yeah. Awesome. Unfortunately, those people that are exploring that are not the ones who are in charge. making all these rules about our education, which is why politicians are the worst people in the world to do it. 
Yep. They're just like, well, I did it this way. So if it's good enough for me, it's good enough for everybody else. Because <laughs> we never got better at anything ever in the history of humankind. We never got better. <laughs> oh, man. Um, what what else would be like part of your educational freedom platform? Like, I mean, where, so where the, the, would go? yeah, the big point is just making sure I can find everywhere in the Georgia code where politicians are inserting themselves into our education system mm -hmm. and really just trying to cross that line out. I mean, um, most of what I, most of the bills that I want to put forth are strike throughs. You know, I don't want to add much. I just want to cross things out. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but, but as far as educational freedom goes, it's, it's all about empowering the students and teachers and making sure that they're able to do what they want to do. And if you talk to teachers, um, a lot of times they don't like any of this stuff. You know, they feel like their hands are tied. Uh, they're not, you know, they're, they're getting told exactly what they have to teach. Um, and, and they're like, well, this is what's important to me, or this is how I want to do it. And they're not allowed to, in a lot of cases, Mm -hmm. uh, and so I want to kind of untie them and and let them free. Um, and a lot of them don't even appreciate like the teachers union and what they represent and what mm -hmm. they end up fighting for. Um, but they're they're forced to to be part of the teachers union um, as part of I mean like legally even. Uh, and so they have to they have to participate in that. And um, I, I think they just want to get out there and like teach kids. A lot of teachers just want to get out there and teach kids, and they should be allowed to without politicians. It's interesting. So they, they, in order to teach at a public school, you have to be part of the teachers union. That might not be true in Georgia. I'd have to go citation needed. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> fair, fair, fair enough. Yeah. I like, I'm, and pretty like sure, I, I'm pretty sure they do, but citation needed. Gotcha. And like I said at the beginning, like I know nothing about the educational system in Georgia. I grew up in Texas. So like I know a little bit there. My, my brother was a teacher there. Um, but like, I, I just don't know much about education system here. So this is yeah. all, all news to me. <laughs> well, I came up in the in the public education world. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's that's I was schooled the whole way. And when I first um, when I when I first was trying to figure out what I was what we were going to do with my daughter, um, you know, I was like, well, I came through edu public education is good enough for me. It's good enough for, um, you know, good enough for her. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. But then my wife got me on the um, seven lessons that are taught by, I forget what the actual art, let me, I'll find it. Um, yeah, find it. We have, we have plenty of time. This is not a time constrained podcast. Are you, are you editing this or is there going to be like a big awkward? Uh... <laughs> there won't be a big awkward silence if I just keep talking nonsense while you No, I, I got it though. It's uh, John <laughs> Taylor Gatto's seven lessons school teach. Um, and I love John could, Taylor Gatto. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's actually, you can find it in multiple places. Um, I found this, like she sent me a couple of different links and I found this like beautiful, um, like hyperlinked thing that was, it was super nice, but I went through it and I was just like, no, no, dear God, we're not sending my, my, our daughter to that. Um, that's not, I mean, I just read the one piece and was just like, you know what? All of this happened to me and mm. I don't want this to happen to her. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Michael Malice always says that uh, public school is the most likely place where a kid's going to encounter physical harm. Yeah. Um, and there are many, many, many studies to back that up. And that, you know, it, it it's hard to think of a scenario where you wouldn't want to try to keep your kids out of harm's way. And especially going to a public school where they're supposed to be taught and like with their peers and not...
you know, not not always tense and on edge and, you know, fearing something. Well, they're, they are taught things, just nothing that we want our kids to, to learn. Um, are, are they taught things? <laughs> it's all about like adherence to rules and uh, right. making, yeah, yeah, making sure that you're, you're um, becoming homogenous with the society. And uh, there's all kinds of bad, bad lessons being taught to make sure <laughs> that we all know our place and, um, and it's not the top, right? Mm-hmm. To make sure that we do as we're told and we know our place. Yeah. I mean, so. wasn't, wasn't it originally a oppression system for yeah. getting people compliant with following rules and going into the army? It, uh, in fact, factory workers, right? I mean, it turns factory. out it actually is a really good system for creating good factory workers uh, who basically sit in a line uh, and do one thing all day, every day on, to the widget, right? You got a widget and it needs mm-hmm. a spring and you add the spring to it over and over and over eight hours a day forever and that's your job um and it turns out that it's really good for creating that guy um Mm. but that's not what america is anymore Uh, i would maybe argue it's not quite what america ever was Mm. um and we need to get out of that so that we can get better about you know what we're already getting better at which is like using our brains and having ideas um, and being more of an idea market as opposed to creating widgets gotcha (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> creating widgets i love that yeah i feel like there are there are plenty widgets of mach- machines now that can uh create those widgets and weapons <laughs> yep um thingamabobbers i don't know about you but i get bombarded with stacy abrams ads right now and one of where her... <laughs> oh my gosh we're not <laughs> I, i'm on like premium youtube so i don't get ads there i don't have cable so it's oh. not there i just okay. like i don't i don't see any of it <laughs> <laughs> well one of her biggest things is uh increasing the budget for public education increasing teacher salaries basically pouring a whole lot of money into the public education system which if i'm not wrong has been done repeatedly uh, over the past however long George has been around. Yeah, everywhere, across the board. Um, you go and you look at education budgets. And I mean, it's the same, I'll say, it, it's it's actually the same exact argument for um, people who talk about um, the police and their budgets. Mm. Um, budgets for public programs are upward. Um, they always are upward. And uh, in fact, when they tell you it's cut, generally it's not actually cut but it is not increased by the amount that they expected it to be increased by. Right. Um, so if they expected, you know, $10 million increase and it only went up $5 million increase, they say it's a cut, yeah. even though it went up by $5 million. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else in the world calls that an increase. Uh-huh. Government calls it a cut. Yeah. They just did that with the military. I forget how much, but they, yep. they were planning on give, like uh, allocating this amount and they gave much, much less, but they still, set aside hundreds of millions of dollars yeah yeah so they they pump money into it and it doesn't seem to ever create different outcomes um so i don't know why it would help now brian kemp did the same thing he gave teachers five thousand dollars i think stacy abrams wants to give teachers five thousand dollars she might be saying ten thousand just to like one up them or something yeah i think it's um, more than five this time i thought it i actually thought it was (laughs) ten i mean it might i mean right that's just like the made-up number that sounds good rhetorically but um you know, I I don't know where she's going to find the money. Georgia has to have a balanced budget. Um, mm-hmm. It's in the Constitution. So um, good luck with that. I, I guess she she determines what balanced is. So I guess she could do something there. But um, like I said, good luck. And then also it won't do anything. So, um, you know, you're not trying to solve anything. 
Um, she, yeah. They also came out today and uh, maybe yesterday and said free technical school in Georgia. Um, so like your two year degrees and your tech vocational schools. Um, would be free, um, which, you know, we all know that they're not free. Um, you know, they're, they're being paid for by you and me and them yeah. and everyone else. Um, that that and, term free is so frustrating. Yeah. And here's the deal. I think technical schools are a really great route. Um, I, yeah. I think that I think I think that more students should pick that instead of going to, you know, 13th grade. They should learn to work on HVAC units and learn to be welders and electricians and um, all these different things that we need um, yes. to, to build up infrastructure and um, build up the things that we're we're doing right now. And there's good money in it. Um, mm-hmm. You can make a really good living doing that. The, Phenomenal the, the, living. Yeah. yeah. The need is there. Um, I think more students need to know about those opportunities prior to 13th grade, which is what I'm calling your four-year university that mm-hmm. i mean that's why i went i went because that was like the next I, I didn't think there was another option i was like oh no you go to college next that's yep. that's what you do it's 13th grade yep um and if i would have known there was another option i don't i don't know if i would have taken it um i you know i don't i don't know what i would have done um but i think that they need to do a better job explaining what the options are um to students before they get there uh and and that more students should take those you know technical school route but. You're you're absolutely right. Like I, w- the way I grew up, it was you know go to high school, go to college, get a job, have a family, and grow old. And that no one ever told me that there were other options out there besides that. And I like I I went to one semester of college and was miserable. Quit. <laughs> um, got a job. I did seven and, years. <laughs> and oh got a four, and got a four year degree. <laughs> <laughs> I did end up going back. I actually went to SCAD in, in Savannah. Oh, right on. Cool. Um, they actually are well known for um, teaching kind of, you know, artists how to make money doing artistry, which is, you know, at least it's a little bit better than some of your other art schools in that way. It could be. I, I, I don't have any experience with other art schools, but um, as far as like the film the film school there, yeah. man, they didn't teach us how to make any money. Oh, great. Like, uh, honestly, it, my, my biggest advice, I, I, I tell almost every single creative person that I know who's in high school, you know, if their parents come to me and they're like, my kid is thinking about going to SCAD. I'm like, please don't go to SCAD. It's also like, very expensive. <laughs> it's insanely expensive. <laughs> like, do not go to SCAD. You, if you're trying to be in film, go to a city that films a lot of, movies go be a pa because yep. you can be a pa with no experience on yep. any other show and you're going to learn more in one week doing that than you will the entire time you're at scad that's so i did um i have a computer science degree and uh i learned probably more in the first month than i did in my seven years uh that should have been four years and my you know i learned more in that first month than i than i ever learned um i actually switched like languages from what i learned and and like just i i I don't know. I, I did a lot better job. And then the best team I ever worked on, um, was after I had gotten out of programming myself. Um, I'm now an it project manager. Um, but I worked on a team where I was the only computer science degree holder. Um, everyone else was some other four year degree. There was like electrical engineer, a nuclear engineer, a Uh biologist. Um, and they were, they all just like quit those fields because that's, there's not a lot. Um, there's not as much to do there. Um, and they they'd like switched and did like a boot camp for like two months or like a one month 
boot camp for computer science and they got a job they're the best devs i've worked with um like bar none um, mm-hmm. So I would I would even go into other companies and be like, you want to hire people out of boot camps um, instead of these four year degree programs because they're they're going to be better. Absolutely, <laughs> those are people who took initiative and like started off like started a completely different route from what yep. they were doing before. Like yep. that that takes a lot of guts, and then they made it all the way through the boot camp. So it took a lot of skill to get through that. Like th- those kind of people are impressive. Like that, yeah, those are the people you want to hire. Yeah, but I think I think the boot camp thing is just like it just makes more sense. And then, or or even just hire somebody who's interested in it and like teach them. It's not terribly hard to yeah. you know appoint them to a mentor and just be like, hey, learn something, and then like go write some code. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. not actually that bad. My my brother's doing that right now. He yeah. uh, he quit teaching because he had a terrible experience at a public school and 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 running Dallas. him off. Yep, and uh, he was like, I think I can make a lot coding and so he his one of his really good friends is an amazing coder and so he just yeah. teaches him a little bit every day and he you know is learning a new skill and gonna create a career out of it yeah, i mean to anyone listening who's trying to decide right now you can make a lot of money coding right now it's <laughs> it's nuts i mean I'm, I'm a project manager and i i was just looking for a job and i was getting like just interview after interview after interview it was like stressful how much i was interviewing <laughs> so, interesting good problem to have yeah coding was just never my thing i did, took some computer science in in high school my dad is a computer science science guy and he like can code all over the place but i, yeah, I don't, you got the don't creative brain yeah i don't have that uh i can't sit at a computer and type all day kind of thing. yeah <laughs> yeah that's not for me <laughs> right on um ryan why should people vote for you to be lieutenant governor? Uh, because I'm totally different from what your options are at Republican and Democrat. Um, what I've actually been thinking about is that the the Republican and Democrat are, I mean, they're basically, if you could make each of them in a factory um, and point, pull out like what your stereotypical whatever would be, it's them. Um, they, they say all the same stuff. Um, Charlie Bailey just basically says anything Stacey Abrams says. He's like, yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> me, me too. Yeah, that's that's what I think. Um, I don't know what he thinks, actually. I, I have no idea what he thinks. Hmm. Uh, and then and Burt Jones is, uh, you know, he's a big Trump guy. Um, and it, it, you can tell he is just glomming on um, and hoping that, you know, what he has hitched his star to takes mm-hmm. him somewhere. Um, but he doesn't really believe in very much. Um, he brags about a lot of big government spending, um, yeah. a lot of programs that he's created and all that stuff. Um, he's not, you know, he's he's not small government by any means. So I'm the only one in this race who's actually supporting, uh, for one, and as far as education goes, I'm supporting teachers because I'm saying, let them teach, for <laughs> God's sake, let them teach. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm the one talking about education. I'm, I'm also talking about criminal justice reform. Um, you know, we get made fun of a lot legalize cannabis already just just do it like it's not hard everyone wants it just do it like yep. quit quit talking about it um my the democratic <laughs> opponent claims he wants to do it um but he was an assistant da for quite some time and um i i keep looking for his record uh, his prosecutorial prosecutorial record on uh possession of cannabis I don't, I don't know how to find it but you know i know it i know he's done it so quit talking about legalizing it when your record is you threw people in jail for it um right. and uh Bert Jones has never, what's that <laughs> sounds familiar something like what our vice president has done oh yeah yes right <laughs> did you see how upset they were about the um 
the the uh, athlete in Russia that got nine years, and I'm like, let me tell you about what people get in America. Yeah. <laughs> let me tell you about what you gave people in America. <laughs> right. I mean, how crazy is that? Like, yes, exactly. Spot on. Like, she she thinks it's some big travesty, which it is. It is a travesty that she's you know over yep. there in prison, but. Kamala thinks it's some big travesty that she is, and she's the one who put people away for life for possession. Yeah. Like, what is wrong with you? You ha you can't be, you you have to be some type of sociopath in order to have that kind of cognitive dissonance. Yeah, and so in in Athens, they just decriminalized under an ounce. Um, they made it a thirty five dollar fee, and so the original the original fee was going to be a dollar, um, but they they're they're um, their council or whatever was telling them that they have to pay the state every time they write a citation, $35. And so they have to make it at least $35. So they made it $35. And I'm like, how about you just stop? How about you just don't write the citation? There we go. That's such an easier solution. Like, why must it be illegal? Just don't do it. <laughs> Whack That's, jobs. <laughs> oh, well, we, since we write the citation, we have to pay for that. So the taxpayer needs to pay. Yeah, you have to pay for it, actually. Even though we don't really think what you're doing is wrong and you should only really have to pay a dollar for some reason, uh, for some undisclosed reason, uh, instead, we're going to make you pay for this $35 fee that the state charges us. What? It's unbelievable. <laughs> what? Uh, so, yeah, criminal justice reform. Um, I'm also talking about uh, sovereign ending sovereign immunity, which is what, um, what, uh, what it is in Georgia. Um, so... Uh, but that's basically where government and government employees cannot be sued by members of the public for things that they do while gotcha. they're completing their job. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> this qualified immunity, qualified is, what, immunity. is what people okay. normally call it. But in Georgia, it's it's really it's sovereign immunity. Is, is huh. it, They go kind of hand in hand. But Georgia actually has sovereign Im immunity codified. Um, and so that's what we fight here. Gotcha. Yeah, and then civil asset forfeiture, obviously, um, ending that, making sure that police are not able to use that in their budgets. Um, mm -hmm. Really, we, they shouldn't be allowed to do it at all because it's a Fourth Amendment violation uh, yeah. to take people's property without due process, and that's what they're doing. So um, those those are the, the big issues that I'm talking about that you probably will not hear from the other candidates. <laughs> um, and then I'm also talking about election reform. So the big one for us is ballot access, making sure that the you know voters are able to vote for whoever they want, right? Mm -hmm. Anyone they want. I don't actually care. Um, it, it shouldn't be up to politicians who I'm allowed to vote for or not. And uh, right now in Georgia, it is. They say you have to prove yourself. And yep. they don't have to prove themselves, which is pretty, pretty atrocious. Um, and so we're working on that, working on hand-marked paper ballots. I've been doing that since they passed the law that... Um, approve the Dominion voting machines. I've been involved in multiple lawsuits. When I was chair of LP Georgia, I was I would appoint uh, poll watchers from an organization that was suing the state uh, to try to get rid of these ballot machines. Um, and they were basically collecting evidence for their court case um, to make sure that we could uh, get rid of those because um, they're, they're, they're problematic. I'm, I'm not yeah. on the Trump train and I'm not saying that the election was stolen or anything like that. I'm saying we can't prove it either way. There's no evidence because the, the voting system actually sucks. Um, it, 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 it's not auditable. Um, there's no there's no trail. You can't actually go in and look at it and look for evidence because the system it hides all of it um, and it's been exposed. So mm -hmm. um, it's very problematic. A actually, um, people 
involved in the Trump campaign are the ones who went into Coffee County, allegedly, um, I think I'm supposed to say still, and <laughs> uh, gained access to the Dominion voting software um, and have had access to it now for a little while so that they could, you know, they can look at it and see what kind of problems it has and learn learn how to hack it. I mean, I'm not saying they're doing it, but they that they have access to it right now. Right. Um, so, you know, there's there's a lot of problems there. And so I've been fighting for that. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I have a huge problem with with digital voting. I have a huge problem with mail in voting. Like, I think if you can't be bothered to get off your ass for one day to go and and stand in a line and vote, then you don't deserve to be heard. Honestly, I mean, so the thing is, is in Georgia, you know, people who say that they're making it really hard to vote, um, it's it's absurd. Georgia is one of the easiest states to vote in right now. Uh, the no excuse absentee, which I, I'm going to disagree with you. I like I like the absentee voting. Um, I think I, I you know, I I kind of I like going in and, and voting, casting my vote in person. But like, it's fine. I don't care if you want to do absentee, do absentee. You can do that. You have three weeks of early voting. You have multiple mandated uh, Saturday voting days um, mm -hmm. that you can go in, or you can go in on election day, um, whatever you choose. I choose to go in on the second week. Uh, you, you get a rush in the first week and a rush <laughs> in the last week. I go in the second week. It's, it takes me two minutes. I'm in, yep. I'm out, I'm done. Yep. <laughs> um, I live in a you know predominantly black area of Atlanta. Um, I go in on the second week and it, I'm golden. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, but yeah. um, voting in Georgia is pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't agree more. I can't tell you how many times we've. I mean, I don't. I don't know how many times I voted in Georgia, but it is quick and painless. You're in and you're out. Like I, I've and I've voted multiple different places because I've lived in different places, and like, right. I've n never had one issue. Um, I've never seen there be any type of problem. I've never waited in a line for. 12 hours yeah. um which i did in los angeles like los yeah. angeles was nuts that, that place was a crapshoot <laughs> right but then i bet the california government wouldn't or the la government would not be accused of that the same things that they are here correct <laughs> correct <laughs> uh the other the other thing that we do that's real i mean i know we're probably wrapping up soon but the, oh, the other big issue that um with election reform is ranked choice voting so mm. we have this really great and stupid uh, policy in Georgia where we do this runoff system, right? Mm -hmm. I love it. I actually love that we require a majority vote to, to elect somebody. 50% plus one. We're not, we don't do first past the post, which is very problematic. Um, we require you to get a majority vote to, to be elected to, to office. Mm -hmm. Now, the implementation of that is so stupid. Um, <laughs> Yes. Because what what we do is this runoff thing that everybody hates, right? I mean, that's people blame us for for all this, and I'm like, dude, we didn't write the law. If you elect us, we'll get rid of it. I promise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because what we end up doing is, you know, we drop off the lowest vote getter, and then we make everybody come back after yeah. they've been, you know, uh, campaigned at for another however many weeks, mm -hmm. and it's like it's this stupid system, and then you get crazy low turnout for the, the, the um for the runoff election so you don't get the, you don't actually get the majority vote because so few people show up it's only going to be these diehards that are showing up and they're the ones who are representing this like quote unquote majority but really you've got like 25% of the electorate is showing up this mm -hmm. is nowhere close to a majority of voters even no it, like, um yeah not not even a little bit <laughs> 
and and so ranked choice is actually is it's an also known as um, instant runoff um, because <laughs> what you end up doing is you just tell people what you want your next choice to be. Uh, right when you cast your vote and instead of making everybody come back you just all right well this bottom person drops off and everyone who voted for them in first choice what's their second choice all right now do we have a 50 percent winner and chances are you will and Mm -hmm. you're done and you have 100 percent turnout for whoever turned out for the general election you don't have any drop off you don't have any extra campaigning Mm -hmm. um you're you're just done um oh that sounds so good (laughs) <laughs> it's it's easy it's cheaper you save a ton of money and we already have it we already have ranked choice voting for people who are overseas and uh, military absentee they already do it because um a, co- a court basically said that uh they had to have the runoff time would be extra long so that they could get their ballots back and they said you know what we're going to give them instant runoff ballots instead uh and, and so they did that two years ago i think uh, and so that we have we have it. We just need to extend it to everybody else. Interesting. Yeah, I had no idea that you could do that as an absentee ballot right now. Only if you are overseas. So if you did an absentee from here, mm-hmm. like the no excuse absentee, you would not get that ballot. But if you gotcha. were a member of the military or you were like living overseas, you would get it. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. And the, the whole point is you have to be able to get make request the ballot get the ballot, make your votes, and then send it back. And if they do like the four-week turnaround, I believe is what it is now, they can't, you, you, it's too short of a time to do all that. So they, they had like a nine-week runoff before, and then they passed this and they, they tightened it back up to four weeks. Gotcha. But I'm like, let's just tighten it up to no weeks. Let's just do it all <laughs> on election day. Yes, 100%. Yeah, the, fir- the first time someone explained, I think it was in a podcast, actually, some, I think Ireland adopted ranked choice voting. I can't remember. It was some other country. And first time Maine somebody explained it. it to me. Yeah, Maine has it. It's, it's, it's completely logical. It speeds up the process. It like, I, don't, I just don't understand the, well, I do understand, but it's crazy that there's opposition to ranked choice voting. Anyway. Yeah, I, people say it's confusing. Um I don't like those kind of arguments. Uh, you know, it's it's the same reason they try to keep us off the ballot, and, and they're what they're essentially doing is calling voters stupid. Yeah. Uh, which you know, I, I just think is is totally inappropriate. Even if even if some voters maybe are, it, it's just inappropriate to assume and say mm-hmm. like, "Hey, they're too stupid to deal with this." because yeah. it's not. I, I don't know. That's just like. <laughs> And I can't also, believe like, that you would reelect that person who says, "Oh no, I'm not going to put this policy in place because you're too dumb." Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Well, they're they're probably too dumb to understand that they were insulted. Yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> That's what they're banking on. No. I, yeah. I, like even even if you can't like wrap your head around ranked choice voting as a voter, I'm fairly certain you can still just vote for one person. Yeah. Yes, and you it's could. Still a legit ballot. You could, and what would end up happening is if your one person was uh, taken off the ballot in the first, like if you if you voted for, let's say Burt Jones, and that's your one and only guy, um, and he fell off, and it was between me and Charlie Bailey uh, in the runoff, then your vote would just you would just not have a vote. Um, so mm-hmm. turnout would actually technically drop in that case, but um, but yeah, if that's what you wanted to do, you could do that. Yeah, uh, which. Yeah, is another argument for ranked choice voting. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't have to get confusing if you don't want it to. Just vote for the one guy. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan, what uh, what message do you want to leave 
leave everybody with tonight? Uh, well, I, I think if you're not already involved in the Libertarian Party, um, which maybe if you're a listener, you probably are, but um, get involved. Uh, we, we need your help. Um, find a candidate you like and support them. Um, we're not always the most organized folks, so don't don't get all don't get super angry if we don't get back to you right away. Um, we got pretty small operations going, but you know, send a check our way. Well, <laughs> send a donation our way. Maybe not a check. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe go to lpgeorgia.com. It's twenty twenty two. Yeah, um, you know, go to gramforga.com slash donate, um, or go to lpgeorgia.com. Um, become a member. Uh, we we just we need your help. Uh, the whole organization needs your help, um, and we need more candidates. So the other thing that Jake didn't mention is I'm the political director. So it's it's uh, for LP Georgia. It's my job to recruit candidates teach candidates and kind of provide the support for candidates in, in Georgia. Um, and I really take that to heart. That's one of the things when I stepped down as chair, I said, you know what, I want to focus on one thing and like do it well. Mm-hmm. Right now it's my campaign, but political director is like, that's the thing that I'm building up for so that in our off year, we are rocking and rolling. And then in 2024, we've got a whole slate of candidates for you know, not statewide, obviously, we talked about how that's problematic, but for uh, all of our down ballot, which is what we should really be focusing on. So um, mm-hmm. get involved. Um, if you're thinking about running for office, reach out to a candidate, ask them, you know, what they're working on, how you can help, because the best way to learn how to do it is to get out there and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, most of us are learning. Don't worry if you don't know anything about anything. I don't know anything about anything. Um, <laughs> the only reason I know any of this stuff is because, you know, somebody asked me and I said, let me go figure that out. And that next, next step, next step, next step. You just roll with the punches, right? We're all yep. learning. So, oh yeah. Um, the only, the only reason I'm here is because you tricked me into being the chair of DeKalb County. That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm very tricky that way. <laughs> awesome. Ryan, it's been a pleasure, man. Yep. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. I appreciate you coming on. Um, and like, like you said, if you are interested at all in, in anything we had to say, um, head on over to lpgeorgia.com. There's tons of information there and keep tuning into this podcast because we're going to keep bringing you candidates. We're going to keep bringing you local stories, special interest pieces, um, just so you know what's going on in politics in Georgia. Mm-hmm.